Hello, this is Pastor Corey Ehrman. You're listening to my podcast. I hope it blesses, encourages, and inspires you. I pray that the Holy Spirit will touch you through this teaching. Thank you for tuning in, and God bless. First Corinthians chapter 9, verse 11. This is an important biblical principle that I believe every believer needs to understand. Here's what the Apostle Paul is saying. If we have sown unto you spiritual things, is it a great thing that we reap your natural things or material benefits? The Amplified says, if we have sown the seed of spiritual good among you, is it too much that we reap from your material benefits? So this is, a, this is a, 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 an important spiritual principle that there's an exchange that takes place. When you receive spiritual food, when you receive spiritual goods, then we have a responsibility to materially sow into and support that work. It says, if others share in this rightful claim upon you, do we still have a better and greater claim? Don't we still have a a better and greater claim. However, we have never exercised this right, but we endure everything rather than put a hindrance in the way of the spread of the gospel, the good news. Do you not know that those men who are employed in the services of the temple get their food from the temple and that those who tend the altar share with the altar in the offerings brought? On the same principle, the Lord directed that those who publish the good news, the gospel should live and get their maintenance by the gospel. So... The church, of course, is, needs to be supported. The work of God needs to be supported financially, right? Would, even, would anyone even doubt that? Would, would anyone even not understand that? Obviously, there has to be a financial support of the work of the Lord, the ministry of the gospel, and those who do the ministering of the gospel, whether full-time, whether voluntarily, it takes funds, you know, it takes material resources and support to do the work of the Lord. Amen. And who are the ones that are going to do it? First and foremost, I mean, the mafia is not lining up here with million-dollar checks to support the work of the Lord, you know. Amen. You know. The God. <laughs> they, they don't send Vinny and Luigi to work security here, thank God. And we don't send Vinny and Luigi to collect the tithes either. Because if you don't pay up, they're going to break your kneecaps or something, you know. <laughs> Amen. Pfizer isn't supporting the work because we get people healed here. We, we're not getting any big checks from Pfizer. We're certainly not taking any money from Uncle Sam. It's always going to come with strings attached. No, it's going to take people who are fed spiritual food to reciprocate in other words do their part if they're being fed and then they materially support the work of the lord by tithes and offerings amen that's a spiritual principle and um we don't demand it we don't ask for it we teach the word we want to have the word and the spirit do a work in the hearts of people because it has to be done willingly it has to be done cheerfully it has to be done in a way of gratitude and thanksgiving to the Lord 
as a heart of worship and faith is attached to the giving. Because you can give, but if you're not giving cheerfully, if you're not giving out of faith, it's also not going to benefit you. I mean, you go to some other cults, I mean, they will literally, I mean, they, there's some cults, there's some religious groups where, I mean, you know, you better, you better pay. Well, they're coming after you, you know. The Mormons, they'll send the elders to collect the tithes to the house. You have to submit your pay stubs. They know how much you make. And they keep, I mean, if you don't pay, they're coming after you, you know. And, and unfortunately, sometimes people will come to me for counseling. And, you know, I don't check the records. I don't check everybody's record. But, you know, sometimes people come to me and they're struggling financially and they need a breakthrough. And I, I feel prompted to check their giving. Six months ago, they gave five bucks. Wow, okay. And they say that I'm tithing. Because, I mean, I, you know, they come to me and, Pastor, I'm, 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 I'm under financial attack. And I ask him a simple question because I need to. Are you tithing? Oh, yes, I am. Five bucks six months ago. That's not tithing. I'm sure you're not living on 50 bucks for the last six months. It just, it's not even possible. Nobody can live on 50 bucks, that's the tithe, right? So, I mean, you've got to, you know, you've got to be connected to the work of the Lord. I mean, there's the, bless, the blessing is attached to the tithe, and then the curse comes if you're not tithing. So, I mean, I can't change God's word. That is the word of the Lord. So I have to walk people, okay, let's start with tithing. How about there? Start with tithing. And then you can, you have something to attach your faith to. Because faith is obeying God's word. And when you are in obedience to God's word, you can now get in a place of faith. You can now get in a place of confidence. Faith is a confidence, right? Because if you're not in the place, if you're not even tithing, then you can't confidently claim the blessing of God. So faith is a confident assurance that you're doing your part, and then you can claim and you can speak, you know, that God will do his part. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So you can name it and claim it all you want, but if you're not doing your part, there's nothing to name and claim. And I know a lot of times we get accused to be name it and claim it people. No, we are obey it, name it, and claim it people. Amen. Because if without obedience, name it and claim it don't work. Amen. So if you want to name it and claim it, you got to first believe it, obey it, and then you can name it and claim it. Hallelujah. And look at 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Is this helping anybody here tonight? 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 24. Amplified. It says, show to these men, therefore, in the sight of the churches, the reality and plain truth of your love, your affection, goodwill, and benevolence, and what good reasons I had to boast, I had for boasting about and being proud of you. So he's talking to them because if you actually look at the context here, it was talking about the proof of their love. Amen. The proof of love or the 
plain truth of your love, affection, and benevolence. So there is a proof of our love. If we say, well, I love Jesus, I love the church, I love the gospel, I love the word, then we prove our love by supporting the work, supporting the ministry. Amen. The proof of your love here, the context is financial support. Showing love, love is an action. You know, there's a saying in the world, put your money where your mouth is. If you say you love, I love your ministry. Well then, support it. Because the ministry needs the support. And it's our responsibility to support the ministry of the Lord. Amen. Then go with me to Galatians chapter 6. And then verse 6. Amplified says, let him who receives instruction in the word of God share all good things with his teacher contributing to his support. So again, you can see that when we, when the word of God is sown into our lives, the instruction of the, of the word, when the word of God is sown into our lives, amen, then we have a responsibility to support the work of the teaching, not just only the teachers, but the teaching, since the teaching is done here in the context of a local church. We are the ones ministering the word to you, feeding you spiritually. Do you believe you are fed here by the word of God? How many of you believe that you, we feed you good food here? Organic, not GMO, not RMO, religiously modified. The pure word, the unadulterated word, we give you the organic, raw, good stuff, right? Not all sugar-coated, cotton candy, <laughs> popcorn, junk food, because you your, your spirit can't grow on junk food. Your spirit can't grow on cotton candy. And it's true that you need the milk of the word as a new believer, but eventually you grow out of milk, which doesn't take very long. I mean, you know, if, if, you, if you see a 10-year-old running up to mommy for milk, something's not right. You got a 25-year-old. Mommy. I've come for milk. Something's very, very wrong. He should be eating steak. Solid food. Amen. Hallelujah. So, I mean, if you notice, I mean, babies are, you know, you eventually wean them off of the milk pretty, pretty soon. I mean, by one, you know, uh, you know, at some point, they need to start having something else. And then they get teeth, and they start to learn to chew. Amen? So you can't be wanting milk. You can't, don't tell me you've been a believer for three, four, five years, and you just want milk. That's not good. That's not healthy. 
not even for a child. So at some point, you need solid food. Which, what does that mean? That's the meat of the word. You know, you really got to dig deep into some of the things of the scripture. And then the meat also is something you chew on. You know, God, there's going to be word that's going to come to you. You're going to really need to chew on it. You know, you're going to really need to digest it. I mean, I don't know, after that picnic, I, I had to take some, take some digestive enzymes yesterday to help me digest that food. And I didn't even eat that much. And I saw some people going for second and third plates. I was like, Lord Jesus, I need to call a church fast. After the picnic, church picnic now, we call it a, a fast, one week fast. And a church marathon to burn off the calories or something. You know, you, it takes time to digest solid food. Your body works on it. And it's the same with your spirit. When you take solid food, sometimes it's like, wow, man, I got to really chew on this. I got to really digest it, right? And I got to really assimilate it. And, and, and the meat of the word is what the part of the word that puts responsibility on you. So what I'm sharing is actually a part of the meat. Because we, we have to understand we do have a responsibility to give back into the gospel. We do have a responsibility to support the work of the Lord. We have a responsibility to our community as we do the community outreach. We, f- we feed them. We bless them. We're going to preach the gospel, but we're not just sending them home empty-handed. We are putting something in their hands, but more than that, we're putting something in their hearts. Because you can feed the belly, and the next day they're going to need an, another meal, but you've got to feed the spirit. You've got to give them Jesus. So that's what we do with the community in reaches. I do have a video. I don't know if I want to show it, but we'll, we'll do that next Sunday. How about that? Galatians, Galatians chapter 6. Support the teachers and ministers of the word by sharing material things with them as an act of appreciation. And then 1 Corinthians 9, 14. I might have already read this, but we can go back to it. 1 Corinthians 9 and 14. On the same principle, principle that the Lord directed those who published the good news, the gospel should live, get their maintenance by the gospel. So maintaining the gospel, the work of the ministry, is one reason that we sow into the gospel. So tithes and offerings support the work of the Lord, and it's our responsibility. It's a part of the word that sometimes some people choke on it. I, I can't afford to give. No, you can't afford not to give. Because the, the alternative to not giving is the devil attacking you and taking everything from you because the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But the Bible says when you are a tither, the Lord rebukes the devourer for your sake. So when he, and, and, and so you want to do spiritual warfare? You tithe. You won't even have to rebuke the devil. The Lord will rebuke the devil for you. 
Because you can be binding, I bind you, devil, off my finances in the name of Jesus. I bind, I'm loosing the money. You can bind and loose all you want. If you're not tithing, if you're not obe- obedient in your giving as the Lord speaks to you, those are like empty words. Again, obey, then name it and claim it. You know, if you're not in obedience, if you're not obeying, then naming it and claiming it doesn't work. So you have to be standing in a place of obedience to the word of God for you to stand saying, in the name of Jesus, I know that I'm a tither and devil. You cannot attack my family. You cannot attack my home. You take your foul and filthy hands. I just tell you right now that you are rebuked. You cannot devour my life because he will come and try it. Just because you're a tither doesn't mean you'll never come under financial attack. But when you do come under financial attack, now you have something to stand on. You have a boldness that comes upon you saying, wait, hold on, devil. Wait a minute. You can't do this to me. You cannot attack my finances. You are rebuked. I've got seed in the ground. I'm not going to worry about the need because I got seed And my seed will meet the need. And I call in the harvest in the name of Jesus. From the north, the south, east, and the west, I call in the supernatural harvest of finances. I call in supernatural provision because I got seed in the ground. And my seed is multiplying. I'm watering that seed as I speak to it. And I command the seed to multiply. And I command maximum harvest. Released right now in the name of Jesus. The late and great Kenneth Hagin. Jesus appeared to him multiple times. He talks about it in his book, I Believe in Visions. I believe it was three different times Jesus appeared to him for extended periods of time. Like up to about two hours and spoke to him. And of course, everything that he gave him, there was scripture to back it up. So it wasn't some, you know flaky thing and one of the times Jesus appeared to him and spoke to him about he was speaking to him about how to activate and how to release your harvest of course once you have sown you've got to be a sower then he said there's three things that you need to do to release your harvest right he says number one you call the harvest to come in so you've got to call in the harvest. Once you planted the seed, don't just leave the seed and forget about it. You've got, to, you've got to name the seed and you've got to call the harvest in on the seed. Sometimes when you're sowing, you are sowing purposefully. Like I'm sowing this seed to see this breakthrough. I'm believing God, you know, for a vehicle, whatever. Uh, you know, I, I was in a meeting, as a matter of fact, some years ago. And, of course, we had one vehicle when we first came here, but then my wife started to drive, you know, and then we needed a second vehicle. And I had this, this Mont Blanc 100-year anniversary pen uh, with a special cut diamond in it that I was blessed by a businessman. And I, I don't remember. It's probably worth about $2,000, $2,500, dollars $3,000 or something like that. So it was a very nice pen, you know, platinum, uh, had the special uh, anniversary, uh, special edition diamond in it and everything. So I was in a meeting. I was in Tampa. I was in a meeting. I was sitting in the front row, offering time. I wrote my offering. And then there's a pastor that I know very well sitting next to me. He goes, you know, hey, do you have a pen? I need to write a check. I didn't bring a pen. So I pulled out my Mont Blanc. I gave him the pen. 
and as he's riding, and I was praying, and then, uh, you know, Lord, I need to get a second vehicle for my wife. You know, we're just getting started. The church is new and everything, so, you know. And then he says, well, sow the pen to him and call in the harvest for the car. So he was handing me back the pen. I said, keep it. I'm sowing it to you. The Lord told me to bless you with it. He goes, man, I love this pen. I had one that didn't have the diamond, and I had sowed it. And now the Lord's bringing me back the same pen with a diamond in it. It's like, wow, that's your harvest. And then he looks at me. And, and listen, also where you sow is very important. Because he looks at me and goes, what do you believe in God for? I said, I need a second vehicle for my wife. He said, let's agree. So we hold hands. Lord, I thank you for the seed that I've received. See, that's how I do. I thank you for the seed that I've received. And I'm joining my faith with Pastor Corey here for a second vehicle for, for his wife. And then within two weeks, I had the second vehicle for her. Amen. Amen. The Lord brought in the down payment. I went it, put it in, and, and got her a lease. Then I got her out of it. That was a lease, and I got her out of it. And the one I just got for, got for her, I paid cash for her Tesla. I, paid, I wrote a check for $55,000 for her Tesla. She wanted a Tesla, a red one. I wrote a check for it. How do you like that one? Are you going to manifest or are you going to rejoice? I don't know. Because your reaction will, will be very important here. Because <laughs> I don't know what, what she'll ask for next, but I'm going to write a check for that one too. Amen. Because I believe in the blessing. I walk in the blessing. I don't just preach it. I walk in it. Amen. So it goes from a pen to this to that. I mean, hey, you know, so join your faith. Join your faith. And when you sow here, I'm, we're joining our faith with you. I'm, I'm going to speak that over you tonight, and not just tonight, but all the seed that you have in the ground. Somebody's phone just keeps beeping. Can you please deal with that? Amen. So, anyways, Jesus appeared to, to Kenneth Hagin and said, concerning seed, he goes, call in the harvest in the name of Jesus. I claim my harvest, because that's how you reap. You have to call it in. See, a farmer doesn't just go plant seed and then just sit there and watch, you know, and then I hope somehow that harvest will just go in, you know, be reaped and kind of go into the storage places. No, he has to go out and reap the harvest. So in the name of Jesus, I claim and I call my harvest in, right? Then he said to him, second thing you do is you command the devil to take his hands off of what belongs to you. Your harvest. Devil, you take your foul and filthy hands of what belongs to me, my harvest, my inheritance, in the name of Jesus. I command you, take your foul and filthy hands off of what belongs to me in the name of Jesus. Because he'll come to try to steal it. He'll come to try to, you know, he'll try to push his way. And he's a bully. You know what bullies do. They go where they're not invited. The Holy Spirit's not a bully. He's, he only comes where he's invited. He's a perfect gentleman. The devil is a bully. 
He's a nasty, wicked bully. He'll try to push his way in, and you got to tell him, no, you take your foul and filthy hands off of me, off of my family, for what belongs to me. And he said the third thing, the third step he told him was, there are angels assigned to you. What are those angels? Ministering spirits that are called to minister on behalf of those who have inherited salvation. Have you inherited salvation? Notice the word inheritance. See, along with your salvation comes an inheritance. That's why Paul prays in Ephesians chapter 1, 17, 18, you know, that the eyes of your understanding will be enlightened, that you will know your, the hope of your calling, and that you will know what? The glorious riches of your inheritance in the saints. So you have an inheritance. You've been adopted into God's family. He's your father, and you are co-heirs with Christ in the inheritance. Imagine how big your inheritance is. And somebody has to die for the inheritance to be passed on. That's why Jesus died, so that the inheritance can be shared with you. You become a co-heir, sharer in the inheritance. So he said in the third step, pray and ask for ministering spirits, angels, to be released on your behalf to go and cause the harvest to come in, harvesting angels. They're going to be ministering on your behalf. They are special angels that are ministering on your behalf. Angels of provision. Remember Elijah? He needed provision, and an angel brought him food. Amen. Amen. So they are out there ministering for the saints hallelujah and they're going to be dispatched and they're going to be released to work on your behalf because you have an inheritance along with your salvation comes an inheritance and these are ministering spirits called to minister on behalf of those who have inherited salvation so there is a special operation in the angelic realm. We don't necessarily search, look for angels. We don't worship them. We don't look for them. We don't talk to them. Like, what's your name? Where you come from? Will you hang out with me? Because it's happening in Charismania. They even have names. One guy walks, travels with an angel, Emma. Seriously, bro? I have an angel. When I look at him, it looks like you have a demon. You look like a demon. And you, and you talk like you have a demon. And when you manifest, uh, it looks like you're manifesting a devil. And then people, he was advertising, if you'll come to my meeting, the angel will touch you. I don't want no angel to touch me. The only angel I want to touch him is my wife. Any other angel is not touching me. I want the Holy Ghost to touch me, not angels. Angels don't touch people. Holy Spirit touches people. And he called everybody, come up, run up here, get a piece of the angel. People are running up in a meeting. Charismaniacs running up to get a piece of the angel. I got a piece of the angel. Seriously. And people believe this stuff. They, they, 
They gravitate to these things because they don't have any word or foundation in them. That's the problem. They're gravitating because they're looking for a quick fix a lot of times. They're looking for a quick fix. They don't have a word foundation. They don't know how to apply the word of God in their lives. Walking in faith, you know, in obedience to the word, and they're just looking for a quick fix. It's the flesh. It's a lot of hype. One guy, if you go to his meetings, he'll wave a green flag over you, and, and prosperity anointing will come on you. Seriously? Is that easy? Green for prosperity. I'm going to wave a green flag over you, and a special prosperity angel. Emma is going to come sprinkle gold dust on you. And you will have a prosperity anointing come on you. Yet the guy, he's jerking around. Really, he's, really he's just a jerk. Because <laughs> he just doesn't have any word in him. He doesn't even walk. He can't even keep a job. He can't even get up in the morning to go do anything. There's a process of discipline and hard work, diligence, application. But people look for a quick fix. There is no quick fix. you got to walk in the word. And let me tell you, there is what happens is <laughs> the consistency of doing the, the word in your life and then obeying God's word. And then, then now you can stand and say, in the name of Jesus, I call in my harvest because I got seed in the ground. And devil, I command you to take your hands off of my harvest. And I thank you, Lord, that your angelic host, ministering spirits, are dispatched on my behalf to, call, to go out and cause the harvest to come in. And they're protecting me, and they're protecting my family. Mm -hmm. And I thank you, Lord, for your divine intervention and divine help in my life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Divine intervention. Supernatural help is on the way. I said, supernatural help is on the way. <laughs> Hallelujah. So don't just put something in the bucket and forget about it. So purposefully, name your seed. Amen. I mean, there's no farmer in their right mind just goes and just randomly scatters seed somewhere. And forgets about it. No, they are, they, they cultivate a plot of land. Here I'm sowing tomatoes. I'm sowing this here. I'm sowing that here. And I'm going to take care of it. I'm going to water it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tend it. I'm going to look after it. Remember what Adam's assignment was. Tend the garden. He didn't say go sleep under the tree. Tend the garden. When he fell asleep under the tree, that's when the serpent came in. I'm not saying he fell asleep under the tree. But he was, he was in a... In a he was in a way asleep. Yeah. He let his guard down. Mm -hmm. He didn't protect the blessing that the Lord had given him. He allowed the snake to come in and, 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 and talk to his wife. And, and he allowed deception to come in and mess things up. The enemy will come in with deception. Enemy will come in with his lies. The enemy will come in to try and attempt you. The enemy will come in to try to stop you. Especially when God drops a word in you for something big. 
and he's going to come to trying to discourage you. He's going to come to trying to deceive you. He's going to come to trying to distract you. And you take authority over the devil. You take your foul hands over what belongs to me. Back off in the name of Jesus. Amen. And you're going to have to fight the good fight of faith. And you're going to need to take authority. You need to take authority over the area of your finances. Don't just let your finances be. That's a big area where the enemy will try to come against you. Especially the church has been under so much attack in the area of finances. Number one, through false preachers that come, preach a false poverty doctrine. Others that will come, you know, that will just attack the word of God. And then, and then, and then others will come. I mean, you even got a teaching saying that tithing is, is no longer valid under the New Testament because we're under grace. We're not under the law. You don't even understand any of the covenants then. Forget about it. You don't understand the covenants. First of all, tithing was not under the law. It's not under the Mosaic Covenant. Abraham is the one who instituted tithing. The very first time you see the word tithe in the, under the Old Testament scriptures. I'm not talking about Old Covenant. Old Testament scriptures is when Abraham paid tithes to Melchizedek, right? King of Salem. Shalom, which means the king of peace. Melchizedek, king of righteousness. That is a type of Christ. And we know that Christ, Jesus Christ, is a high priest, not under the order of Aaron, but under the order of Melchizedek. Melchizedek had no genealogy. He had no beginning. He had no end. Who was he? He is a pre-incarnate Christ. He is actually Jesus appearing to Abraham as a mediator of a covenant. And Melchizedek blessed him. Blessed him first, and then Abraham paid tithes. So tithing is really our response to his blessing. And that was 430 years before the Mosaic Covenant. So it's not under the Old Covenant in the sense of the the Mosaic Covenant. The Mosaic Covenant is fulfilled, and it's done away with. It was a temporary covenant. But the Abrahamic Covenant, the covenant of blessing, is an eternal covenant. Because he said, this will be an eternal covenant. So the Abrahamic covenant continues under the New Testament because Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us so that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles or the nations. Those who were not the natural seed of Abraham are now engrafted into the covenant because those who are of the faith of Abraham are the seed of Abraham. So through Christ, who redeemed us from the curse of the law, which basically redeemed us from the Mosaic Covenant in a sense, and brought us in to the fullness of the Abrahamic Covenant, even though we are not the natural seed of Abraham, the sand on the seashore, we are the spiritual offspring of Abraham, the stars in the heavens. There was a twofold seed That was promised to Abraham. I will bless you and I will bless your seed. I'll make your seed as the sand on the seashore and as the stars in the heavens. Israel, the natural seed of Abraham. The Jewish people were the natural seed, the sand. We, the nations, are the stars. Why? Because we are filled with the Holy Ghost. We're the light in the darkness. Is that helping anybody here today? So, come on. 
When people don't know the word, they'll talk out of the side of their mouth. They'll just talk nonsense. Because I've dealt with everything. I've dealt with everything under the sun. As a pastor, I've dealt with it. I've dealt with all of it. People come up with all kinds of things, or they go to some conference, buy some book. Now they come to me, this book says tithing is, not under, is valid in the new covenant. So I'm excused for I'm not looking for an excuse to get out of anything. I want to do more. Tithing is the minimum. It's the minimum 10%. It's the minimum. I'm not a minimum person. I'm a maximum person. Not looking how to minimize. I'm looking to maximize. You want to minimize your potential? What kind of thinking is that? I'm looking to get away with the minimum. Well, guess what? You're you're going to have a minimum life. I want to maximize. I want maximum harvest. I want maximum blessing. I want gross, over-the-top, overflowing ridiculous blessing that will make the Philistines envy me. Come on, somebody. I want to be so blessed that, that the rich will call me blessed. Come on, somebody. We, we need to step into the blessing. Abraham's servant said, the Lord has blessed my master exceedingly blessed him and he has become exceedingly wealthy loaded (laughs) heaps Loaded. Weighed. Kavod. Same, same word used for wealth and glory. So God's glory in the spiritual also brings wealth in the natural when you are serving God. And the purpose is to bring God the glory. Why? Because you are a kingdom builder. You're advancing the kingdom. And so now, you're bringing God glory. You're being fruitful, and you're multiplying, and you're increasing. So, the tithe simply opens the windows of heaven to pour you out a blessing. Okay, now that I got a blessing, what am I going to do with the blessing? What is the blessing? It's, it's the power to multiply. So what I'm going to do is now that I got the blessing, I'm sowing. See, your tithe is not your seed, by the way. Tithe is the Lord's portion. What you give above and beyond the tithe is the seed. So the more you sow, the more you reap. So if you just 
all you're doing is tithing that you're not really tapping into the increase. The tithe keeps you in the blessing. The seed brings the increase. You can't claim a harvest on the tithe because it's not yours. It's the Lord's portion. You claim a harvest on the seed. So what you do is when you are a tither, it prepares the ground for you to sow into. And now that you got seed in the ground, now you can call in the harvest. So you got to go beyond the tithe. Some, I'm still trying to get him to the tithe. I'm working on my faith to, to get to t- start tithing. Seriously? What are you working on? It's a one-time decision. I'm a tither. That settles it. When I found out I became a tither, that's it. It's just like I said I do to my wife. I don't wake up every morning thinking, am I married to this woman? Should I look for another? No, I said I do, and I did. And I said, I'm a tither, and that settles it. I don't wake up every morning thinking, let me check my bank account, see if I can tithe or not. I just tithe. That's the first thing I ever do. Anything that comes into my hand, even birthday money, Mm. I tithe. It's not even a question. I don't even have to think about it. It's already settled. It's been like that for me for. 28 years. That's it. It's not even a question. I don't even think about it. I don't even have to give it a second thought. I don't know if I should tithe. You know, the gas prices are going up. (laughs) There might be a gas shortage. (laughs) Go to Taco Bell. You get gas for (laughs) buck 99. Don't go to Taco Bell. Please don't go to Taco Hell. Please. If you value your life, no? Yeah, good, good. Praise God. I don't know if I should tithe. There's a virus out there. You know. You know what the book of Proverbs says? The slothful man says there's a lion outside. I'm not looking for an excuse to do nothing. I'm not looking for an excuse to do the minimum. I'm looking for an opportunity. There's a famine in the land. Praise God. Opportunity. This is the best time to sow. Hundredfold. That's right. That's right. Hundredfold, man. Come on. That's when you get the maximum. 
Sowing in famine is when you get the hundredfold. Who knew that this would stir up joy? <laughs> when you're a giver, when you're a giver, you start getting filled with joy. When you got seed in the ground, you're rejoicing because you know you got a harvest coming. Pastor Vincent, I'm preparing the ground for you here tonight. I'm, I'm still plowing here a little bit. Who's a maximum person here? Who, who's a maximum kind of person? Who's maximum? You're maximum? Oh, yeah, okay, okay. Just make it. Oh, okay. No, hold it up because who's a, who's a maximum person here? All right, good. I like that, ma maximum. Because if you come into the kingdom and you've got a minimum mentality, that's a poverty mentality. God wants us to have a maximum mentality because he's able to do it exceedingly abundantly more than what we ask or think. So think big. Think big. We got big opportunities ahead. Big opportunities to believe God for big things. Can you say amen? amen? Hallelujah. Thank you for tuning into my podcast. I hope that you have been blessed. I would like for you to consider two things. Number one, subscribe to our show to receive notifications of our new podcasts. Number two, support our ministry of reaching the nations with revival by clicking on the link in the description or visiting our website, riverwpb.com. Thank you for tuning in. Look forward to you joining our next podcast. God bless you.